Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I'm going to continue along uh, with the, the series of messages I'm doing from the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. That word revelation, it means just an un, an unveiling of something, to be revealed, something that's being revealed. That's all revelation it means. In the book of Revelation, I have mentioned to you several times, um, you know there the Apostle John was being persecuted because of his faith and because of the persecution he was placed onto a prison island, the island of Patmos, and it was there in that dark time in the Apostle John's life that Jesus came to him and began to reveal some things that were uh, that really were a blessing to John in that present situation, but there were also some things that were revealed to the Apostle John that were some future prophetic things that were going to take place eventually. And that's what the book of Revelation is, is just a revealing uh, of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And I'll talk more about that in just a minute, but I wanted to remind you, and I've told you this several times, that the, the many people, for whatever reason, uh, they, they stay away uh, from the book of Revelation. They, they don't want to read it. They don't want to study it. Uh, some people say that the book of Revelation scares them. Uh, and, and here's how I look at it. Listen, uh, it's not meant to scare you, but it's meant to prepare you. But here's the flip side of that. If you're not prepared, then you should be scared. If you're not spiritually prepared, then, then you should be scared as, you were, as you're going to see today from this message from the book of Revelation. Now, just to kind of review and recap a few things, we've already walked through several chapters of the book of Revelation. We talked about uh, the very beginning that Revelation is the revelation of God's Son, Jesus Christ, knowing that he's been re- He is revealed as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We've seen through the book of Revelation that, the, that Jesus has a message for the church and uh, particularly the last day church. We know that on the prophetic calendar right now, please hear me now, I need you to really pay attention and focus because this message is on my heart and we need to know where we are uh, on the prophetic calendar. And the next great big event is the rapture of the church is the rapture of the church. And I'm looking forward to it more and more. every day. I'm like, come, Lord, and come quickly. And perhaps today could be today because I want you to hear me. There's nothing, that, there's nothing else that needs to happen before the rapture of the church. It could happen today. It could happen right now. And that's the next great event on the calendar. And when the church is raptured away to be with the Lord and those that have died in the Lord, then there will be a seven-year uh, great tribulation. Uh, it'll be like it'll be God's wrath. We've we've read a little bit about it. The the seals that were opened, the bowls of judgment that were poured out. It'll be like hell on earth. It'll be God's wrath being poured out during the great tribulation. And during that time, the Antichrist will come to the scene, 
And then we know there'll be a military campaign formed against Israel called Armageddon. We, we studied that just a few weeks ago. And then the, the, uh, Satan and uh, the false prophet and the Antichrist are, are defeated. There'll be the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. And, and then we see today, we come to this place in Revelation 20, the final judgment. And by the way, um, there's no way possible that I could stand up here on Sunday mornings for just 30 to 40 minutes and, and go into detail about every uh, possible thing in the book of Revelation. So in January of this year, uh, on Sunday nights, we're going to have a Bible study going in detail on the book of Revelation, studying it all the way through. So if you're interested in more and want to be a part of that Bible study, you're going to see some promo real soon uh, promoting that Bible study on Sunday nights. But today... We arrive in Revelation chapter 20, and this is the final judgment and the lake of fire. The final judgment and the lake of fire. Lord, please help me. Holy Spirit, please. And I ask you right now, Lord, just to fill me with your love, your mercy and grace flow into every heart here. Just make us receptive, remove all distractions, that our hearts would be in tune to you and what you would want to say through your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in Revelation chapter 20, the Apostle John, who's on this island of Patmos, has had some things revealed to him by the Lord. And in chapter 20, the Apostle John sees this imagery of this great white throne. And in Revelation 20, verse 11 through 15, if you have your Bibles, you can open it. I have it on the screen. John said, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Help us, Lord. The apostle John He has this vision here of this great white throne. This great white throne is great because the Bible tells us that there'll be great and small being judged. There'll be multitudes, multitudes that are being judged, and that's why this throne is great. This throne will be white because it symbolizes the the holiness and the purity and the majesty of Almighty God. This place is a throne because the one who sits on this throne, this great white throne, is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who sits on this great white throne is judge. The one who sits on this great white throne is Jesus Christ. Now, I know what some of you are probably saying. I, I thought Jesus, I thought, he is the, I thought he's the Savior. I thought he was the Lamb of God. He is Savior. He is Lamb of God. But he's also the Lion of Judah. He is also the King of Kings. And he is also Judge. In John chapter 5, 
Verse 22, it says, The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Jesus Christ is the one that's sitting on this great white throne uh, of judgment, and he is going to judge great and small from this throne, and he's going to judge with perfect justice. You won't have to question whether his, his uh, verdict is, is good or bad or wrong or right, because his justice is perfect. And Jesus will judge from this throne. Now in Revelation 20, it says that that John said he saw great and small standing before the throne of judgment. And and books were being opened. And what are these books? These books are are God's records of of their lives. And it shows their, it reveals to them their sin. It reveals to them their wickedness. And these these books are open. uh, And the great and small, they're there. And they're being judged. And John said that they're, they're so terrified that they're trying to look. Look for a way to, to flee out of the presence of the judge. The books are open and their, their wickedness is being revealed to the judge who was there looking at them and judging them. And the Bible says in verse 11, they're looking for a place, but there is no place. There's no place for them to hide. There's no place for them to run. And guess what? The the throne there, the great white throne, it's not a place where you can have an excuse for what's been opened in the books. This is not a throne of grace and mercy. This is a throne of judgment. And the books were open. And then eventually there's this other book that is open. And this book is called the book of life. And John said, anyone whose name was not found recorded in this book was thrown into the lake of fire. They were thrown into the lake of fire. Now, when you study that word, uh, that little phrase there, lake of fire, you can look all through Scripture, and, and you can see that Jesus calls this place hell. He calls it hell. The lake of fire is hell. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you right now. I, I don't, I'm not excited this morning about preaching on the lake of fire. I'm not excited about preaching on hell. I would much rather stand up here today and keep singing and declaring that we can see a victory. I would love to continue to stand up here and preach hope to you instead of preaching on the message about hell. But guess what, friend? God has called me to preach the full counsel of God's word. I, listen. I'm not allowed to pick and choose what I want to preach and what I don't preach. I'm not called to tickle people's ears. I'm not called to do anything like that. I'm called to preach the entire Word of God. So you pray for me. You pray for me. And listen to me. I'm not up here, and I promise you, I'm not trying to grandstand. But I will tell you this right here. In the majority of your churches today... From the majority of the pastors in America today, seldom will you walk into a church and hear anything being preached on hell anymore. And the reason why is because a lot of these uh, pastors and uh, staffs, they're they're, they're in these environments and they're they're being encouraged through these seminars or whatever, growth consultants, and they tell you things like, you you don't need to use the word hell. Uh, Don't preach on hell because it's offensive to people in your church. They claim that the word hell will offend and hell will not be appealing to the lost or to new people coming in the doors of your church. I got a news flash for you, and I got a news flash for them as well. As a preacher and as your pastor, I'm not trying to appeal to people 
people. I'm trying to get people saved and get them booked to heaven. Hallelujah. And if I offend you out of hell, then I've done my job. Then I've done my job. And I say, praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. Now, here's what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham said about hell and the lake of fire, he says it's an unpleasant an unpopular subject, but as a preacher of the gospel, I must deal with it, and I cannot ignore it. And friend, we cannot ignore what the Bible says about the lake of fire, about hell. And there's some truth there that we need to see today that I want to share with you just for the next few minutes. I want you to notice with me first that the lake of fire is real. The lake of fire is real. John saw in this vision, this lake of fire, that those were being thrown into it. And here's what's so sad today. There are surveys that indicate that many people, they refuse to believe there's a real hell. I'm talking about church people that refuse to believe there's an actual real place called hell. And you may not believe in hell, and you may not like what the Bible says about hell, but your likes and your dislikes, listen, and your feelings will never change the truth of God's word. There is a real place called hell. Jesus preached on the reality of hell more than anybody else in the Bible. Jesus preached that hell is a real place. He preached on it more than anyone in the Bible. He preached on hell more than he preached on heaven. And listen to me. If you name the name of Jesus Christ and you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you must believe that hell is a real place. How many of you believe hell is a real place today? It's a real place it's a real place. And for whatever reason, there's some teachings out there that people believe that once you die, you just stop existing. Can I tell you right now, that is a lie from the pit of hell? Because in Luke chapter 16, Jesus tells this powerful story. Some believe it's a parable. Many scholars believe it's a real account because Jesus uses names here and he never used names in parables. So they believe this is a real account of what happens to us after in the afterlife. If you want to know more about heaven and hell, you read Luke chapter 16 and you'll see there. But Jesus reveals to us in Luke 16 that there's a rich man and he has rejected Jesus. He's rejected Christ. He's rejected living uh, for Jesus and the offer of salvation. And he dies. And he goes to this real place called hell. The lake of fire is a real place because this rich man, the Bible tells us that he could see, he could, he could talk, he could feel the torment of the lake of fire. I'm just letting you know today, friend, the truth of God's word reminds us that the lake of fire is a real place. And there's nothing in the Bible recorded about hell that would ever make you want to go there. It would make you want to run from there. It's a real place. It's a real place. And the lake of fire is also a place for many. It's for many. In Revelation chapter 20, John says that he saw great, he saw great and small. He saw great and small. It don't matter who you are, friend, whether you're, whether you're this way or high on the social status or down here at the bottom. It doesn't matter uh, what color you are. It doesn't matter. Great and small will stand before the great white throne judgment and be cast into the lake of fire. Many. The lake of fire is for many because many will choose the lake of fire. They will choose it. Jesus said these words here, and I love the New Living Translation 
I, I just like the way it speaks it here because it's so bold. But Jesus said here, he says, listen to this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. And its gate is wide for many of the, for those who choose that way. They choose that way. But the gateway to life is a very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. He says that wide and broad is the highway to hell. The highway to the lake of fire and many will choose that way. They will choose that way. Who will be the ones to choose that way? Who will be the ones out of that many who will be thrown into the lake of fire? Let me tell you who they'll be. They'll be the unsaved. They'll be the unrepentant. They'll be the ungodly. They'll be the unbeliever. They'll be the neglectors. They'll be the rejectors. They'll be the mockers of Christ. They'll be the compromisers. They'll be those who refuse to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let me tell you who else will be part of the many. Part of the many will be bad people. I mean, we have to think today that hell is for those that are wicked, evil, who have never repented of their sin. I think of the bad people. Just think about people like, uh, like Hitler or like Nero or like uh, uh, rapists or, or murderers who have never repented. Uh, this place, the lake of fire, is going to be for bad people. But guess what? It's all gonna, also going to be for good people. It's going to be for good people, people who have tried to go through life and trust in their own self-righteousness and trusted in their own goodness, thinking that their own goodness is going to be good enough to get them to heaven. I got a newsflash for you, friend. Heaven is not for good people. It is for forgiven people. Not one is good, the Bible says, and our righteousness is like filthy rags. So there'll be people there, and they'll think, well, I've been good. I've been good. I've been good. But good won't be what gets you into heaven. There'll be good people in the lake of fire. There'll be religious people in the lake of fire. There'll be religious people in the lake of fire. You know why? You remember when Jesus told a story, they came to him and they said, uh, Master, we, we, we cast out demons in your name. We, we prophesied in your name. And Jesus looked at him and said, Depart from me because I never knew you. There'll be religious people that will be thrown in the lake of fire. People who have gone through the rituals of religion instead of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. There'll be those who think because they have their name on the, on the uh, role of a church that because they are a member of a church, they think that they're good to go. There'll be people who think, well, I have tithed, I have attended church, I have preached, I have worshipped, I have taught, I've, I've even taught, I've served. There'll be many religious people who never knew Jesus Christ and they'll be thrown into the lake of fire. There'll be religious people in the lake of fire. And there'll be procrastinators in the lake of fire. There'll be procrastinators, those people who they heard the gospel, and you know what? They never responded. They never responded because they were just too busy in life. They thought, you know what? I'll, I'll, just, I'll just get saved some other time. I, I'm living my life right now. I got so many things going on in my life right now, and I'll just get saved later. You know what lie the devil will tell you? He'll tell you, he'll tell the procrastinator, you know what, I'm okay with you getting saved. Just get saved tomorrow. Just get saved tomorrow. There used to be a pizza place 
that my family and I would frequently go to and they would have a sign up there and it says free pizza tomorrow. Never got a chance to get that free pizza. That's what the devil will tell you. Salvation tomorrow. Salvation tomorrow. Hell, the lake of fire is going to be full of procrastinators. The lake of fire is going to be a real place for many, and it's those whose names are not written or found in the book of life. Revelation 20:15, John says, For uh, anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown in the lake of fire. How tragic, listen to me church please, how tragic it is to think of the many people, great and small, that we see around us every day and it looks like they have it all together. It, it appears like they got it all, but knowing that eventually they're going to be thrown in the lake of fire because they didn't have the one thing they needed more than anything and that was Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. How sad, how tragic that's going to be. What profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his own soul? People that appear to have accumulated it all, that appear to have it all together in life, but in the end, how tragic it's going to be that they did not have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. On Friday, we laid to rest uh, one of Lisa's uncles. Um, he was a great man. There's good men and there's great men. He was a great man. He was a Marine, retired out of the Marines, went through Vietnam, Purple Heart. He, he, he poured into me personally in so many ways. Man, strong man, loving man. When he left Vietnam, he moved down to the beach and stayed in a tent down there and they camped for a while and then he worked hard and got his real estate license and went on. I mean, he, he ended up becoming a, a multi-millionaire because of his hard work in life. Had it all. Very humble man. But when we stood over that graveside Friday and that flag draped that coffin, that's all he had. It didn't matter about all the things he accumulated in this life. All the money, all the cars, all the homes. It didn't matter about any of that. There he is. It doesn't matter. All that matters is, do you have Jesus? None of that stuff can go with you. Life is short. Make sure that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Stop trying to accumulate just receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior the lake of fire is for many and the lake of fire is terrifying Jesus said these words here talking about the subjects of the kingdom of darkness he says the, the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth I'm here to tell you this morning that the lake of fire is a place, it's a terrifying place because of the suffering that's going to take place there. I promise you, please hear me today. No matter how terrifying things may get on this earth now and going forward, nothing is going to compare to how terrifying the lake of fire is going to be for many people. The lake of fire is going to be terrifying. The, the main reason is because it's going to be total separation from the presence of God. 
The lake of fire is going to be terrifying because there's going to be this unquenchable fire. It's going to be a supernatural fire. It's not going to be like a fire that we know here on this earth. It's going to be a supernatural, unquenchable fire. The lake of fire is a terrify, it's terrifying because there's going to be never-ending torment and anguish going on. I mean, just nonstop, 24-7, torment, torment, and anguish going on. The lake of fire is terrifying <clears throat> because there's going to be total darkness there. I, don't, I can't explain how there'll be fire, and I can't explain how there's going to be darkness, but the Bible tells me there's going to be a darkness there. And it's not going to be like a darkness that we see here. It's going to be like the darkness they experienced in the land of Egypt when there was a plague of darkness, and it'll be, it'll be a blackout in hell. And the lake of fire is terrifying because there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You'll be there. You'll want to be out so bad and you'll just weep and weep and your teeth will just gnash. You want out. There'll be no way out. The lake of fire is terrifying because the Bible says, and I've told you this before, that the lake of fire is a place where the worm never dies. Many scholars believe this, and I'm in agreement with them because I believe the Scripture backs it up. What is that worm that never dies? What is that worm in the lake of fire that never dies? I believe that worm is our memory. I believe it's our memory because in Luke 16, the Bible says Jesus is telling this story, and he tells the rich man who died and went to hell, he says, you're going to, he says, you're going to remember things that happened in that lifetime, how you received good things and how Lazarus received bad things, but now Lazarus is comforted in heaven, and you're in agony in hell. You're going to remember. There's going to be a worm that never dies in the lake of fire, and that is going to be your memory. Terrifying, tormenting memories. They're going to play over and over and over for eternity. Can you imagine waking up in hell and you wake up lost and you wake up alone and you wake up suffering? You wake up in total darkness. You, you, listen, there's an unquenchable fire. And listen, you, you're going to be terrified because you're going to know that you're in hell. You're going to know that you're in hell. And you're going to be terrified because there's, there's, no, there's no place of hope. There's going to be no relief. There's going to be no escape. And then comes this worm. Here comes this worm that never dies. And there's going to be an instant replay in your life over and over. And you're going to remember things that took place. Every time you heard the gospel preached, you're going to relive it. For some of you, every time you walked into church and you heard the appeal to give your life to Jesus Christ, you're going to relive that in hell. Every time someone witnessed to you and tried to win you to Christ, you're going to relive it. Every opportunity you had to receive Jesus Christ, you're going to relive it. Every move of the Holy Spirit to convict you and draw you to surrender your life to Jesus, you're going to relive it. The worm will never die. And, and you're going to be there in that place and, and you're going to be uh, replaying these things. That worm's going to continue to replay, replay all these events in your life. And you're going to see yourself right there in a church service. You're going to see yourself talking to a Christian friend. And you're going to say, oh, it's, it seems so real. I can give my life to Jesus. I can get right with God. And then, man, you wake up and it's all, it's all, uh, it's all a mirage because you're there in hell. And there's no chance for you to be saved. Because the worm never dies. 
how terrifying it will be to relive and replay all those opportunities, but there'll be nothing you can do because it'll be too late. It'll be too late. Man, I hope you're taking this in. It's going to be too late, and that reminds us because the lake of fire is final. The lake of fire. The lake of fire is final. They, they won't, they, listen, there won't be any other chances to get right with God. Do you hear me? Once you, once you die, it's over. Once you die, it's over. There's no, there's no more chances. It's going to be too late. Once you die, it is over. Don't, don't believe the, the, the deceptions that are out there from many religions that teach you that you will go into a place called purgatory and that you can stay in purgatory and you can pray and other people can pray for you and pray that you get baptized and you get saved. Then you can make it out. That is a lie. There's no purgatory. There's no place for, uh, I've heard people, even Christians, talk about reincarnation. You come back as another physical being. There's not going to be another place. Once you die, it's over. There's no place for that in reincarnation. There's no place called nirvana where everybody, the universalist would say, everybody's going to make it. No. Once you die, it's over. The lake of fire is final. No more chances, no more way, no way out, no escape, no exit, no help, no release, no relief, no break, because the lake of fire is final. When you die, it will be too late. You know, when I was studying Revelation and knowing where God was taking me this week and seeing the truth that's coming from the lake of fire, I think about family members that I have right now that I know have never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, who many of them willfully, friends of mine, who willfully reject the offer of salvation. They don't even want to hear it. They don't even want to be a part of that conversation to know. Do, do, you, do you realize that people are dying every day and going to hell? Do, do we really want our family in hell? Do we want our friends? Do we want? Now, I don't want anybody to go to hell. Do you really believe hell's a real place? Because if it is, and you believe that, why, why aren't we shaking people, pleading with people? Do you realize where you're going if you don't make this decision to give your life to Jesus? There's a real hell, friend. There's a real hell, friend and family. We just sit by, have our pecan pie, fill up on turkey, and there they are, sitting all around us on their way to hell. God, speak to me. Give me boldness. Fill my heart with love, Lord. Help me to share the gospel. Help me to share the good news. Lord, we don't want anybody to go to hell. Please, God, encourage us. Move us, motivate us. 
Make hearts receptive, O Lord. Our family, our friends, whoever. Have your way, Lord. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come, sir. Hell is avoidable. The lake of fire is avoidable. You don't have to go to hell. Couldn't wait to get to here. Walked outside this morning to get in my car, and Jimmy, that big wood cross you, you blessed me with standing there. I said, Thank God for the cross. Thank the Lord for the cross. Jesus would die for me and die for you for our sins. He would go on that cross 2,000 years ago and he would take the judgment that we all deserve so we could be forgiven and we could have eternal life. That's how much Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to whosoever, whosoever, great and small, Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank God today that hell is avoidable. The lake of fire is avoidable. Thank God there's the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. It boils down to this right here. Hell's avoidable. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? The way I look at it is pretty plain and simple. There's two people that walk this earth. You're either saved or unsaved. You're either walking with Jesus or you're not walking with Jesus. But hell is avoidable. And you can be saved today. And you can know that heaven is in your future. How do I do that? Well, I'll tell you how. The Bible says you just repent and you believe and you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? He came to this earth, Emmanuel, God with us. He went to the cross. He died in our place for our sins so we could be forgiven because he knew there's a reality. He knew that hell is a real place for those who willfully reject Jesus Christ and his offer of salvation. And then they placed him in a grave And three days later, he was raised to life. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he he ascended back to heaven to sit beside his Father to make intercession for us. And Revelation reminds us that one day, one day, one day, Jesus is coming back, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God, hell can be avoided. Turn from your sin. Believe by faith and receive him. He says, all who received him and all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? I pray it is. I pray it is. I pray it is. I want to finish with this real short story right here. 
something that happened to me about three years ago. I've told it before, but it's something that shook my world. I'm talking about being the lake of fire is avoidable. I'm talking about being ready that you know you've repented, you've believed, you've received. I shared with you about a trip I was on coming from Oklahoma all the way back to North Carolina, traveling with a preacher friend of mine, five-hour delay coming home from Oklahoma. That was a problem for me because that afternoon my son Lucas was having a birthday party, had it all scheduled out. I was going to be home in time, drive in, land in uh, Atlanta, go to Raleigh-Durham, come home, and I'd be there for my son's birthday party. We left on the airplane, got ready to get on the airplane. We actually got on the airplane in Oklahoma, got on the airplane, and they made us get off, and it was a five-hour delay. They had to rewrite all of our ticket information, and we finally took off. And when we landed at Atlanta to get on that final flight, that final, fl- that final flight to Raleigh-Durham, so I could be reunited with my family be a part of that celebration. When we landed at uh, Atlanta Airport, has anybody ever been to Atlanta Airport? You need Jesus at Atlanta Airport. You, you need Jesus. We landed there in that air. We landed there on the runway. We had 30 minutes to get to the <clears throat> next terminal. And we took off and got there, and my friend went ahead of me, and he pulled out his information, and they said, Come on through, sir. You can board the plane. It's getting ready to leave. I stood right behind him, handed my information, and they looked at me and said, Sorry, sir, you won't be on this flight. And my heart sunk. We've been traveling together this whole way. We, 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 we did our ticket information at the same time. We did it all together right there in Oklahoma. We're traveling together. My ticket is just right there with his ticket. <clears throat> we flew together from Oklahoma. How can this be? I'm just letting you know, sir, <clears throat> Your ticket, you'll have to get a flight for like 8.30 tonight. That's not going to work for me, sir. Son's got a birthday party. My friend tried to give me his ticket. He was going to stay behind so I could go ahead. They wouldn't even let him do that. So I backed off, told him to go ahead. And there was an a elderly uh, black man there behind the counter working. And I, I'm telling you, as God's witness, he looked over and waved at me like that right there. And he says, I, you got one minute to get on that airplane. Go. Now, I wanted to kiss him. <laughs> and I got on the plane and flew with my friend back, and I made it in time, barely in time. I missed a few activities there. But here's the deal. When I sat down on that airplane and finally got settled, my nerves got calmed down, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, that's how it's going to be in the end. People are going to have traveled. They're, they're, they're going to be going through this journey. And they think they're all good. I thought I was 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 good. And then when I get there, I found out that I'm not good. And that's how it's going to be for so many people. They're going to think that they're going down this final travel home be with friends, to be in heaven, to be a part of this celebration, to be with those that have died in the Lord. And then when it's time, they're going to find out that they're not good. They're not good because they never committed their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I'm not asking you, do you come to church? I'm not asking you, are you religious? I'm not asking you if you're on the membership roll. I'm not asking you if you're a tither. I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is there a relationship with you and Jesus? Have you you been to the cross and knelt down and said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. And I have fallen short of your glory, God. And I need you to save me, forgive me, cleanse me, God. Make me whole. And is there a time in your life where you have repented? Where you've, went, you've been there and you admit it and then you quit it and then you turn it a different way and you begin to live for Jesus. And you believe, you believe everyone who confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved have you received him have you received him would you bow your heads please please be very reverent no one looking around no one looking around if you're here today whether you're on campus or online it makes no difference and you're not sure that you've got things right with Jesus you've received him I'm not asking you if you're good. I'm asking you if you've received Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've used to walk with him, but you've fallen away. You've backslidden. Or maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus before, but you know one thing for sure. Hell is a real place. The lake of fire is a real place. And you know it's terrifying, but guess what? You don't have to be terrified. Today, you can be thankful and thrilled because you can give your life to Jesus. And you want, to, you want to make that decision right now. You want to make that decision. You want to get things right, right now, in your heart. Because once you die, it's too late. Nobody looking around and you say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray that I would just give it all and surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Would you just lift your hand right now and say, that's me, that's me. Hold your hand. Keep holding them. Keep holding them. Keep holding them. Come on, there's more of you. Come on. God bless you. Come on. I want heaven in my future. I don't want to go to hell. You can put your hands down. Right there where you are, many that lifted their hands and some who have not that probably should have. You can just pray this prayer right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross. I receive you into my life right now to be my Savior and to be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Thank you for your blood that you shed on Calvary. May you wash me clean. Give me new life. From this day, Lord, I I give it all to you. I surrender. I repent. I repent. I admit that I'm a sinner. Now I quit and I turn to you. And I believe and I will commit myself to following you day by day. Day by day. Day by day. I receive you right now. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Come on, right there where you are. Those that raised your hand. Just go ahead and thank him. The Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on him right now. 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 Come on. Gentlemen, call on him. Ladies, call on him. Children, call on him. Call on the name of the Lord. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Lord, I trust right now, Lord, that that chains are coming off of people.
God, Lord, I pray right now, God, for breakthroughs in people's lives. Lord, do only what you can do right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Nobody looking around. If you have prayed this morning, listen, come on. Let's be real. And you know that heaven is in your future. Lift your hand real high right now. You know heaven is in your future. Come on. Come on. Heaven is in my future. Heaven is in my future. Heaven is in my future. Come on. You know it. You know it. You know it. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Lift your hand if you know it. Come on. I know it. Heaven is in my future. Friend, if you're you're here this morning, you're sitting and your hand's not raised, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You're going to relive this moment. You're going to relive it. You're going to relive it. You're going to relive it. Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for everyone here under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, for the ones who have made commitments to you today, Jesus. I thank you for the ones that have recommitted their lives to you. We thank you for the gift of salvation, Jesus. Come on, right there where you are. Friend, can you just begin to thank Jesus? Listen, we're, the only way we can go to heaven is through him. It's through Jesus. He is the way, the only way. Not a way, but the only way. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the empty grave. Thank you that heaven is in our future.